Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts for the week of April 6, 2020. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we still got some news coming out of Hollywood, another schedule change, and we will also take a look at the iTunes digital charts. First, let's talk about that schedule change. So, it took a week, but Disney finally decided to move Soul from its June spot to November, now opening November 20th. This does push back the original animated film set to open around Thanksgiving, Raya and the Last Dragon, which will now open March 12, 2021. This bumps the last major movie to come out in June, and now the next major movie to come out is the next Purge movie set for July 10th, then Tenant at July 17th, and then the movies that were pushed back are set to come out. Also, to add a small change, Paramount has pushed back SpongeBob SquarePants Sponge on the Run from July 31st to August 7th. This comes as they push back their Mark Wahlberg action movie Infinite back all the way to Memorial Day of next year. So again, the team studios assume theaters will reopen around the end of June, start of July, and that by the end of July, it is in full swing, which is very possible based on the track we are on. At least in America, we have hit the peak in some states, and those states now have two to three months to slowly get back to normal. However, if things become worse than expected, expect the movies to be pushed back again. I still believe that Disney was going to use Soul as a movie to be ready to go if theaters do open in June, but I think they realized the risk was too big. Again, they do not want to be hit again after what happened with Onward. Instead, I think if they want to push out movies ready to go, it'll be New Mutants and possibly Antlers. For the Fox movies, from what I've seen, is that they cannot dump them on Disney Plus because previously, Fox had a deal where their movies go to HBO for streaming, and that's still in effect until next year, 2022. So since you just don't want to give your competition first access to a movie you haven't released yet, you would hold on to it for a theatrical release. I wonder if they can skip that completely though, or maybe just release it on Blu-ray and digital at the same time, and then stream it at HBO. I doubt it, but for the New Mutants, this could be the best thing for them. If they release it as theaters open, people are willing to watch anything just to get out of that house, that could be better than expected return for the movie. Now, I'm not saying it would be big numbers or anything, but maybe originally if it opened in April, as expected, and everything was normal and got, say, 70 million domestic, maybe now it might get closer to 100. But do not take me at my word for those predictions. I would need some solid information like how many theaters are open, uh, what capacity, before I make any prediction like that. In other news, Cinemark announced that they are selling $250 million in debt securities. The securities will be backed by liens on some of the company's property, and the money raised from the sale will be used for general purposes. Right now, this is a smart move to take the risk because they do have to stay afloat the best they can until theaters, get, until theaters reopen up and they can start to get income flowing. And while $250 million might not seem like a lot, they are the third largest movie theater brand in America, with 554 theaters. Meanwhile, the number two in theater companies, AMC, looks to be preparing to file for bankruptcy. Now, this is from the New York Post, so take it with a grain of salt, but apparently AMC has met with a law firm called We Gostel and Mans to look at a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now, before you panic, this does not mean the end of AMC, at least not yet. Chapter 11 is the good bankruptcy, where a company can consolidate and organize everything and still live. Now, this probably means... For AMC to live on, it would have to sell some of its assets and most likely close some of the least profitable theaters they have. So they can live, they'll probably live if they do this, but they don't you know, leave in the same way they come in. Now, if this does not work, then they would have to file for Chapter 7, which would liquidate everything, as in the company cannot function anymore and everything is up for sale at the highest bid, so the debt can be paid back. Now, do I think that'll happen yet? I hope not. 
I really do hope if it comes to it, the government will assist, but we will see. So far, the only one not making any news for any financial issues is Regal, which I guess at the time is uh, it's a good thing. Before I go into digital movies, I was about to finish the script, but Cinemark came out with news big enough to squeeze in here, so sorry for the hard transition. Cinemark has also announced that they are now planning to start reopening on July 1st. What this would entail, would that some, not all, would be open the first week, and that social distancing would be enacted if the local government still has it in place, so theaters can be anywhere from 20 to 50 percent full. As for content, they mentioned that for the first few weeks, older movies would most likely be played until they get to the end of July, where big blockbusters like Tenet and Mulan are set to open. Now initially, I really like this because the plan seems reasonable. We're already past the peak and we still have two and a half months left before opening. More than enough time to get things in order. However, looking at a CNBC article on the story, it was mentioned at the end that there is no plan right now for temperature checks, and that's not smart. Look, if theaters want to get people back in as soon as possible, they need to know it is as safe as it can be there. Possibly letting in people who have a fever and potentially spread the disease is not a good strategy, especially since you don't need to be coughing up a lung to possibly spread it to people. Now, yes, the social distancing in the theater would help, but still, I feel temperature checks is a minimum they could do, as well as have glove on for all employees and especially masks for the people working the concessions. And I do hope they change their mind on this, as it's really just a basic part of any plan to socialize again. And as for now, Regal and AMC have not said anything about when they would reopen. But I would assume if Cinemark goes well, they would reopen around the same time. Now let's look at digital movies. First, I will go over the iTunes ranking, which I collected on Monday, April 13th. So after a full weekend of Trolls World Tour coming out. In first was Trolls World Tour, which seems obvious. Shooting up to second place is The Call of the Wild. Back in third place was 1917. In fourth place was Birds of Prey. Fifth place was Little Women. Sixth place was Doolittle. 7th was Knives Out, 8th was Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Jumanji The Next Level in 9th, Sonic in 10th, Bad Boys for Life in 11th, and then for other movies released digitally early, we got Downward at 14th, Onward at 16th, The Gentleman at 22nd, The Invisible Man at 27th, Bloodshot at 34th, and The Way Back at 51st. Okay, now that we got those out of the way, let's look at what that means, because if you remember from last week, Birds of Prey and Too Little, for example, were not this high. I thought it was strange, so looking into it, the reason why is that the movies became available for rental. Birds of Prey did it early as well as The Call of the Wild, but for Too Little, it was right on time because the Blu-ray came out. Other movies that added a rental was Onward and Downhill. Now, I'm surprised with Downhill coming back up a bit with the rental, because that movie still has a one and a half star reviews on iTunes. Onward dropping out of the top 10 is not surprising, because it's now available on Disney+. Plus. But I do think this shows people are willing to spend more on movies that they can rent more than they can just buy. Especially if they only plan to watch it once. Looking at the charts, Sonic and Bad Boys did great the first week as $20 buys. But now, the movies at the top are the ones that added rentals. Now, I'm not saying they need to add a rental option yet. But it seems like some, for some digital movies, they're doing the full $20 buy for a few weeks, then they add the rental. Because last time I checked, the Birds of Prey rental was still set for May, with the Blu-ray release like normal. So it's time to talk about the big movie in the room, Trolls World Tour. Which, at least for whatever kind of opening weekend you can call this, seems to be an initial success for your Universal. It was number one on iTunes all weekend, and on Monday, Universal sang its praises and success, saying it had the biggest digital launch ever, and was number one on iTunes, Amazon, and Fandango now among other VOD platforms. However, this was said without any substance, as we don't know how many rentals were purchased, or was the total gross. The only thing we have is from Fandango Now, saying it was the biggest debut for them ever for the platform. But it's only been around a few, for a few years, so... Uh, 
Now, what does this mean for the entire industry? Right now, it is too early to tell. The reported budget of this movie was $100 million, not including marketing. So, doing some rough math of $100 million divided by $19.99, just to make back the production budget, Universal would need to sell just a little over 5 million copies to break even on that. Is that an achievable number? I don't know. The terrible thing about digital sales is, yes, for services like iTunes, we can see it go up and down daily, which is great, but we don't know how many copies that means. Like, Trolls could be number one on iTunes right now with 50,000 copies, and we wouldn't know. If anything, from this pandemic, I see more studios releasing bigger budget movies on their streaming services, as most of them will have one soon. Disney with Disney+, Plus, uh, Warner Brothers with HBO Max, Universal Comcast with Peacock, and down the road Viacom CBS is planning to make their all-in-one service and possibly include Paramount content as well. This just makes more sense anyway, as appeal has been set for a while. For content, it is an arms race to beef up a streaming service to get that sweet recurring revenue. Companies and shareholders love it because you can rely on it more than say, well, I hope my next movie sells well on Fandango Now or Google Play. Now, obviously, we know theater owners probably aren't the happiest looking at this Universal News, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, see if it's, you know, I'll keep an eye on it this week, see if it's still number one throughout the week. Yeah, I, I guess good for Universal. They were able to recover some money from this movie. I mean, there'll still be Blu ray sales down the road. You got toys, but yeah, I don't think it's a game changer yet. But I, I will say by the end of the year, no matter how the end of the year shakes out, this will be. A movie that defines 2020, the Trolls World Tour. Well, I think that is enough talk this week about the possible future of movies, and it's time to wrap this up. That'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. I assume we'll have more news to go over next week, so I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.